You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. How are we? Man, we've been celebrating baptisms all week. We got to do it at a pool. We got to do it here. It's just been an incredible thing, and I just never, ever, ever get tired of that. Never get tired of celebrating the life change that we get to be a part of and, and what we get to see God doing. I'm just so excited about that. Thank you for celebrating with us as a family. Uh, 19 years ago yesterday was a day that, um, Jay, if you remember it, you know, I know that we've got now a generation that, that wasn't, doesn't, they hear us talk about it, right? And uh, it's important for us. And as I was praying through yesterday and thinking about where we were on 9-11, I just really started praying for the families of those that have lost. And, and uh, that, that loss and that, that challenge started on that day. But we have many men and women in our military uh, that that was the call and uh, went, into, went into action. And so uh, families are still uh, fighting the battles from that. And uh, so just continue praying for our military community, pray for our brothers and sisters all over the country who have been impacted by, by 9-11. And I just, you know, it's, it should never be something we get just numb to. Um, we should always remember um, that freedom isn't free and that, that there are people that want to steal uh, the freedoms we enjoy. And um, so thank you for praying for that and, and uh, honoring the lives of those that, that have been lost. And uh, thank you for sharing Jesus with, with people. That's, that's the best way for us to find healing. That's the best way for us to move through the challenges of life. That's the best way. That's the best way, period, okay? I'm um, just sharing your faith and sharing Jesus. And we're celebrating baptisms because you are willing to share your faith. And so thank you for that. Thank you for being willing to, to, to communicate what, what Jesus has done in your life and, and what you can do to help them make that introduction with Jesus. Uh, I want to revisit just briefly our, our discussion. We had several uh, months ago now, uh, before we started regathering, we talked about a three-phased approach about the method, the materials, and the manpower. Just want to revisit that, and you heard you heard some of our announcements about our Saturday switch, and that's one of the methods. We're still at a limited capacity uh, and for our seating and, and what, what all we can do, and so it's not like it was in January where we were squeezing everybody in, but uh, we're asking if you're on a Sunday to make a Saturday switch because that frees up because most people are coming on Sundays, and, and we've added over 100 new families to the creek since July 1st. That's, that's an awesome thing. Um, I don't know if we just need to Velcro walls and, and say, here, put on this coat, and we'll just toss you up. We'll get you down after service, something like that, but I will make sure you got the physical distancing where you're Velcroed in. I don't know, but thank you for helping with that, and, and, uh, and, and we still have shortages of manpower in all of our services, so if God is, is kind of stirring you to serve, I don't, I don't lead by guilt. I'm not going to stand up here and guilt anybody into serving because that's going to be a, that'd be a train wreck in any position. You just say, well, you asked me to do this, and so I'm here. You know, what do I do? Uh, keep praying. Um, so, but as I was, was kind of praying through our message, I just got to sit back in my office and really just thank God that we get to have conversations like this. I mean, thank God that we're part of a church that, that we get to talk about having to get people to move services, and, and our, our team has already got plans for multiple more services. We'll add, as long as the gospel is being preached and we're seeing life change, listen, we'll preach all weekend. 
We'll gather all weekend. We'll gather. I mean, this, 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 this is just the great thing that we as a church get to celebrate because that's not the, the norm in most churches. And I just got to sit back and go, praise God. Thank you for this. Thank you that, that you are just, you're moving in a mighty way and we get to be a part of it. And, and I'm just, I love that. I love that. Uh, we're revisiting our, our core values through this series and uh, we call them our set-ins, set-in relationship, which is salvation, set-in family, which is connection with each other, set-free, set which is getting past your past, and set-in motion, which is actually everything Jesus told the church to do. He said, go. He didn't say sit. He said, go, go take this kingdom forward. Nothing about the kingdom of God or the gospel is defensive in nature. It's all offensive. And so the motion is, is exactly what we're called to do as a church. And I love that. I was on a, a call this week with... Um, with members and leaders in our community. And they were given just props to the creek because you're engaging in our community in so many levels. And I get to be a part of a church that's in motion. And, and tonight we're gonna talk about set free, or not, not set free, that was last week. What am I, set in family. Uh, we, we did them out of order because our freedom ministry kicked off last week. And so I did set free last week. And so we're doing number two, which is actually the third week. So see, now you're in my brain. Set in family. And let's understand God's family a little bit more. So Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to break into this a little bit and uh, uh, understand more what God is teaching us. This is a letter to the church at Ephesus and written by a man named Paul. If you're unfamiliar with Scripture, uh, most of the New Testament uh, are letters. So the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, explain who Jesus is, the ministry, birth, life, death, and resurrection. And then all the rest of the New Testament is the implications of that life, um, what our life means and how we gather as a community, how we interact with one another, how we operate in our families, how we operate in our workplace, how we live as, as people who have made a decision to follow Jesus. And one of the men that was radically transformed was a man named Saul. God changed his name to Paul. And Paul wrote most of these letters and, uh, to churches. And, and this is a church in a city called Ephesus. And the people who live there are called the Ephesians. And this is a beautiful letter. If you've never read it, I highly recommend just reading it from start to finish. It's an incredible outpouring of what God is showing uh, his people. And, and then it's written to them, but then scripture is living and breathing and active. So it's written for us as well. And so as we engage it, I mean, God is opening this up for us. So verse 11 is where I'll start. It says, therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles, that's us. So you're either Jew or Gentile that you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision. So there's, there's a division there. So the Jews had circumcision, the Gentiles didn't. And if you want to get a real good, good, good ride with that, uh, read the book of Galatians. And, and uh, Paul, again, he gets really tough on, on that division, that mindset. But he says, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So he's setting this up and he's speaking to Gentiles. He's speaking to people that the Jews considered outside of the grace of God. The Jews would look down at any non-Jew and, and they, would, they would just kind of look down their nose at him and go, well, it's too bad for you. It's too bad that you're outside of the grace of God. Not, God can do nothing for you. We are the chosen ones, and we can follow the law, and we have righteousness because we can follow the law and, and just pity on you. And there is this, this division amongst them. And, and, and so 
Paul is breaking down that wall. He's like, look, this division that you built, it's getting ready to get torn down. That, that one time, there was a time that we were separated from Christ. I mean, every one of us, we are born separated from Christ. We're born, born alienated from Christ. We're strangers of the covenants of promise. We have no hope without God in the world. I mean, all of us come into life on that same footing. But I love how verse 13 starts, but now in Christ. Those four words change everything. You were separated. You were alienated. You were without hope. But now in Christ, because of what Jesus did, you were once, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. So what he's saying, not by our efforts. It's not a circumcision, uncircumcision thing. It's not your ability to follow the rules. It's not the checklist of religion. It is simply this. It is submitting to, I'm separated from Christ, but you, Jesus, have done everything to bring me in. Bring me in. Bring me in. Bring me in by the, by the blood of Christ. Let me be connected with you. He sets the outsider in a relationship, for he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in the place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. That, that dividing wall of hostility in the, in the, in the temple in, in, in the first century and in Jerusalem, they had a temple and that's where the Jews would go and there was the holy place, that's where they'd meet with God. But there was a wall outside. That was the dividing wall. And no Gentile could cross that wall. Matter of fact, there was a sign that was posted on that wall that if you're a Gentile and you cross this wall, you are taking your life in your own hands. And, and what, what Paul is speaking to the Jews is saying, you, you're, there is no difference here. There's no disconnect here. You were two, now you're one. And Christ himself tore down that dividing wall of hostility. They would have recognized that's the wall. That, wait, wait, wait. So what you're saying is the wall that we kept people out, the ones who were outside of the grace of God, in our opinion, the ones that we kept out, you're saying this man, Jesus, tore it down? He tore it down so that the two might be one, making in it to create in himself one new man in place of the two, so by making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility? And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. The household of God is a a word for family. That's the phrase for family. Other translations would say you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the family of God. And saints, listen, listen. Saints aren't a football team in New Orleans. I'm just saying that for Adam. Because he thinks they're great. But saints aren't the people we elevate as super Christians or we elevate them to some status. What is a saint? 
A saint is any follower in Christ. That's what we've, we, we don't worship saints. You know, we don't worship other people. If we do, it's idolatry. We worship the one true God who has brought us in and said, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place That's the household, that's the family, for God by the Spirit. This being built together, it's not a finished thing. He didn't say everything was built. The the, the family of God is ongoing, it's growing. It's being built. There's a foundation, it's the prophets and the apostles. There's a cornerstone that holds the strength of that foundation, and it's Christ Jesus himself. And then we are the family of God being built on top of that. The family of God is expanding and expanding. I mean, think of it like, like a building that never stops. But the church is not a building, it's a people. I mean, some of the buildings that I'm seeing them build around us in the warehouse district, I'm like, you could put cities inside of that thing. You, you could have an entire city that could live in one of those warehouses. I mean, I remember driving by the first one that started going up. I'm like, what is that? I mean, is that where they're going to house a fleet of aircraft? It's massive. And I start to think, man, it just doesn't stop. That's the household of God. That's the family of God. We celebrated this weekend the growing, the being built, and being joined together, the family of God. It's a beautiful thing how it continues to move. And, and, and Jesus has done all of this, not by our efforts, but what he did on the cross. He gave us all the same access to our father. He's declared us saints and members of the household of God, the family of God. That, this is what Jesus is doing. He's setting us in relationship and a family, which means we're reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. And that's important because we talk a lot about reconciliation right now in our culture. And that, that's a, a valid and important conversation. But what we have to realize is before we can be reconciled to each other, we've got to be reconciled to God. Otherwise, we're trying to manufacture some kind of peace. And society is going to continue to push in with a dividing wall of hostility. Soci- the culture, the world always wants to create a division. Why? Because the enemy is the one that's, that's working so hard in the world to continue the division. He knows if he can get us divided, he can destroy us. A house divided against itself will not stand. If he starts building division, how does he do that? He creates these little offenses. He creates better than, less than mentalities where you think you're better or you think you're less. And, and, and what Paul is saying here is to people who had all they'd heard from the religious leaders was you're less than, was Paul giving them this great news that Jesus himself came and spoke to peace and bought the reconciliation through the cross. And you who've always been considered less than are now now equal to. There's not two, there's one. You're not, you're not a lesser citizen. You're a citizen in the kingdom of heaven. You're not just somebody who God allows in and to sleep in the back room. You are a saint in the family of God. That's what Jesus has done for us. In him, all this is being built together. 
In him we have reconciliation with God and with each other. And this is, this is Jesus is unpacking. Paul's writing here, but Jesus is the one who's opening the door for us to be set in a family. And I, I know that a lot of us create our mindset and our opinions, our fears, our worries on God's family based on how our family was growing up. And I just want to invite you tonight to step out of that mindset and let God, who is a perfect father, let God reframe family for you. Because God's family is, is different. I mean, I, I, I am not a perfect father. I mean, if both, both my girls were in the room right now, you would hear a double amen. I am not a perfect father. And I can't punish them because they're married, they're grown up, but I figure out some way. But, but to set our opinions of God's family based on an imperfect father is missing the mark because God is a perfect father. I mean, everywhere I am inadequate as a dad, he is fully adequate. Everywhere that I fall short, he's already cleared the hurdle. And I want you to let God reframe your perspective of, of his family based on this word. And, and as I look, what, what's being taught to the, the people in Ephesus about God's family and what is being taught to us is that God's family is a place of belonging. We were once separated, but now in Christ, we have a place to belong. We have a place that we can come to. And, and without Jesus, we have no hope of this level of connection. We, we try. I mean, when, when we talk about a relationship with Jesus, and we hear people say, you know, I'm a good person. My grandmother was a Christian. My grandmother prayed for me all the time. Well, how about you walk into letting her prayers come true where you come into this relationship with, with Jesus? Without Jesus, we have no hope of reconciliation. All we do is start to manufacture some levels of peace Everything that the world sets up is going to keep us divided and hostile, and Jesus has done it. I mean, that, that is what verse 14 is all about. He himself tore down the dividing wall. It says he tore it down. That's the finished work. See, the church, the body, the family is still being built together, but the demolition of the dividing wall of hostility, that's gone. It has been torn down. And we do all types of things to manufacture a sense of belonging. And we, we, we've played into these in our life. I mean, we, we, we think that the right grades give us a sense of belonging. We think that the right house gives us a sense of belonging. The right car, the right, the right job, the right vocabulary, the right social media uh, stances. The right, you know, we think that gives us a sense of belonging. And, and what, what, what we have to learn in Christ is that God's family, with it being a place of belonging, we no longer have to try so hard to create a sense of belonging. When, when God is a perfect father saying, just, just come in. You, you, you belong here. You, you belong. 
I mean, that's when we, when we launched the creek, we, we said, look, this is going to be a messy church. Because when you, when you have a sense of belonging that, that God has said on his family that Jesus purchased that we have to live out, that gets messy. I mean, think about, okay, so think about some of your holiday dinners. Think about some of your Christmas dinners. Think about some of your Thanksgiving dinners. Think about some of your family reunions. I mean, family is messy. But it's a beautiful mess. And we knew when we were launching the creek, we said, okay, this, this has got to be a family. This isn't a corporate structure. This isn't a, a congregation, you know, where you come in and you're a part of the congregation and I'm your spiritual leader and you just, no, no, this is a family. We're going to wrestle with things. We're going to be honest about things. I mean, I, the thing that I just love years over years over years with the creek is the conversations that I have had that when I share some of I don't share your details, but when I talk about the conversations we can have with other pastors and they look at me like, how do you get that? I was like, you got to get messy. Do you, you, have, you belong at the creek. You belong here. And if you don't, we'll help you find that local church where you can belong. But we all, God has opened it up. says, you have a sense of belonging. You belong here. You, but we belong with each other. I mean, there, there, there's a responsibility in that, right? Because if, if I belong here and you belong here, then, then we can't let that division continue to keep us two, but we, he, we have to be one. And I don't care. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how much money you don't have or how much money you do have. I don't care what your education is. I don't care where your address is. I don't care. God brings you here. You belong here. And we can walk this life out together as one. And there are people that, that they're going to look at us and go, y'all are crazy. Yeah, but we got Jesus. I mean, I know we're not doing a lot of restaurants right now. So like I used to laugh because we would go to a restaurant on Sunday after church and I would pick the Christians out in the restaurant. I would sit there and go, they're Christians. They're Christians. That dude's a pastor. I mean, back in the day, I used to have funky hair, you know, and I could sit down. It's like, that dude's a pastor. How do you know his hair? Because um, nobody, nobody with a nine to five job and ain't going to wear hair like that where it's like all these different directions. Uh, I tell her, that, that's a group of Christians right there. And we were at lunch with some friends, and, and I, I, was doing, I was doing my game, you know. And they go, how do you know? I mean, how do you know that's a group of Christians? They haven't even prayed before they got their meal yet. No, 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 I know they're Christians. How do you know? Because there's no way on earth that a table that diverse would be together at lunch over food unless Jesus was connecting them. That's the church. I mean, we come to the table, and I know you, you're doing takeout. If you're watching online, you're doing takeout. You know, I'm good. We're open for takeout. Dining room's open too. But when we gather, we're connected, and we belong because of what Christ did. And God's family is a place for us to belong. I, I belong. And there's something so freeing about that. I don't have to pretend I don't have to be somebody that I'm not. I don't have to try to make people. Hey, I belong. I belong. And there's so many times the enemy's going to come at you and, and try to single you out. You're the only one that wrestles with this. You're a mess. There's no way God would love you. There's no way people love you. And you, know, you should hear what they say. You know what? You got to shut that down 
And you got to be able to speak this to yourself loud enough for the enemy who's attacking you in that moment to hear, I belong. That's God's family. It's a place of belonging. God's family is a place of provision. And I know when I say provision, we automatically go to money and, you know, God's a rich dad. Yeah, he is a rich dad. He owns everything in the world. I mean, he built it, he created it, he spoke it into existence. He says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You know, but, but this goes beyond a dollar, y'all. The provision, the fullness of provision is in God's family. I mean, think about how much it takes to care for a family. I mean, there's emotional needs. There's, and I got two, two daughters, man. So, I mean, I was the underdog in the house growing up. I finally got the majority because we got a boy dog, you know, <laughs> But even, I'm not so sure about him sometimes, but he's, mom, he's mom's favorite. So and he's like, you know, actually anybody who's got the food, he's, he's I love you more. But, the, you know, if you got daughters, man, there's a sensitivity there. I've got to provide emotionally, even to, to our sons, but, but daughters are just, they're just, a, they're just a whole nother level. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, I provide financially for my family. Spiritually, I am the spiritual leader in my family. I've got to provide for that. And, and all of these levels of provision, and all of those exist fully in the family of God. And it's, it's beautiful how it works because so often we get the family helping to care for the family, right? And, and that's what God does. Look around at the church. He says, the church is my vehicle. It's my expression on earth to get the mission of the kingdom accomplished. So God's saying, look, I've got all the provision of the family. I mean, Paul would write to the church of Philippi, and, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his glorious riches, where? In Christ Jesus. It's because of what Jesus has done. He didn't just tear down the wall of division. He just didn't make the two one and bring us into reconciliation with God and with each other, but, but there's a provision in that. That all of our needs, see, see my kids growing up, I, I couldn't give them everything they wanted. But I worked hard to give them everything they needed. And even there were things that I knew they needed that they didn't, they didn't want. <laughs> but there's a care that happens in the family. That's the church. There's a care that happens in the body, in the church, in the family. That we look out for one another. I mean, I, I, see, I see things, I see messages going across and, and it's just crazy. I mean, somebody's fence is broken. Well, all of a sudden there's like 10 guys showing up and like three hours later, the fence is fixed. You know, it, it, it's, we've got women that are walking through struggles and, and we have these ladies that just kind of swoop in and they're like, let me, let me cry with you and let me hurt with you and let me sit with you and let me just, I can't fix this, but I'm here. And, and, and just all this, this care happening, all this provision of needs happening in the family of God. I see that in our life groups. I mean, during this, this time of COVID, there's been a growth, uh, there's been a baby boom. I mean, and I, I'm just, I mean, 10 months from now, it's going to be even more because there's no good TV on, right? So, <laughs> sorry, we can't edit that for our folks at home. You got kids in the room. I'm sorry. I was making a SpongeBob joke. But uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, baby boom. <laughs> baby boom. 
But Heather and I would try to get in, like, hey, can we, can we bring you a meal? Can we, can we Zoom? And oh, our small group's already got us. Man, we've got, we've got meals till, like, till Jesus comes back. Like, what? what? The level of care that happens in our groups, it's, just, it's mind-blowing to me. And, and so God's family is a place of provision. So you belong in God's family, and then God uses his family to begin to care for one another. And, and, and here's what we got to realize, though, too, is like, like God sets that all up, and that's great, but God's family is also a place where we have a responsibility. I mean, we, we, got, we, we, we have to engage as a family. We've got to connect as a family. We, we've got to, to, to bring all this in together. I mean, I, growing up, my kids growing up, we had the chore chart. Remember the chore chart? And we would rotate, you know, but it, we, we did dishes. My kids had dishes. At eight years old, we taught them how to do their own laundry. I mean, come on, somebody. That's a freedom right there. <laughs> Poop scooping. Remember that? If you got a dog? Oh, that was, that was the hated chore, man. I mean, I, I would hear him say, I'll do dishes for two weeks if you'll poop scoop. I'm like, this is awesome. I don't have to do dishes or poop scoop. Now I have to do both. You know, kids are leaving the house like, see, I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, they don't get to use that kind of poop scoop. They got to put their hand in a bag when they walk around the apartment. Uh-uh. But the responsibility in the family, we all have that responsibility I mean, when we look at the church in Scripture, the church is referred to as a body. And as a body, it means this. You belong to the body. There's provision in the body. There's responsibility in the body because every part is functional. Every part is vital. The hand can't say to the eye, I don't need you. There's a connection in the body. So you, you have a function in the family. And then it's referred to as a family, and that's the relationship with responsibility. A family, we've got to know our role. I mean, our kids, we went through this family covenant, and we outlined our responsibilities and roles as a family, just, just like we would do in a corporate structure, because we go to work in places, and we know what my role is. Like when I show up to the office, I know what I got to get done, and I know what my objectives are. We set that with our family. We didn't run it like a corporate structure, but... We said, I'm the dad. This is my role. Mom's a mom. This is her role. You're the kid. This is your role. We all got responsibilities. We broke out those responsibilities. We said, these are the things that are negotiables for you as a kid. Like, like TV time, that's negotiable. We'll negotiate when you can watch, how much you can watch, screen time. We negotiate curfews. We negotiate all that. And then there's non-negotiables. You're going to go to school and you're going to pass, you know? And we didn't say a non-negotiable is straight A's. We said you're going to pass because you got to do your best. And we, you have proven to us that, that your best is passing. And then we, we, we would say, you know, rewards and discipline. So if you want help with that, we can get you a copy of something like that. But we have responsibilities. And listen, in the family, in the church, we have responsibilities to care for one another. We don't, we don't just say, hey, we need greeters and we need parkers and we need children's ministry workers and, and leaders in these areas. Look, it, that's engaging as the family as our responsibility because when the family functions right, listen, there's a blessing in it and the family grows, right? Being built upon each other. When we, when we connect and engage as family, the biggest responsibility we have is to engage as the family. To be a part of the family. I mean, to, to come in and say, I'm not just here to, here to just, you know, consume. You know, don't just show up to your family's house on Christmas morning and go, can I get my presents and I'm out of here? You do that one year, the next year you ain't get no presents in my house. 
That you show up the second, what's my present? Your present is to hang out with me all day. <laughs> but we've got to choose to engage in the family. It's being joined together. And, and what happens is there's growth, there's health, there's a clear purpose, and God gets the glory. And look, look I know a lot of your stories, and, and I know that some of you have varied family backgrounds. I know you carry a lot of wounds and scars and hurts from, from your from your from your family situation, and, and I, you know, I hope you're in freedom ministry to help get past your past, but I, I want you to let, let God, who is a perfect father, reframe this family for you that only happens through Jesus, that you have a place to belong, that God has provision for you in his house, and that God has responsibilities for you in that house that will teach you, that will grow you, that will shape you into his character with his heart so that when you act in the responsibilities of the family, you're acting with our Father's heart. I'm asking you to engage in the family with us. Look, we've made it as easy as we can. You know, on, on your screen, you're gonna see this QR code and on the seat backs in front of you and you don't have to touch it. <laughs> You just get out your phone, open your camera, and point the camera. If y'all have been to restaurants, you know this. Like you got the code that's on the table. You open your camera up, and it comes up, and then this link pops up. You touch the link. You don't have to take a picture of it. You just touch the link. That's going to take you to a link that makes it easy for you to engage in the family. I mean, our group structure is how we, how we really um, communicate the family. See, when we gather, this is an expression of family. But we want you to experience the belonging and the provision and responsibility of God's family in homes. And we've made that super easy for you. You just scan that, takes you there, and, and, and we will get you connected. We will, we will do our part to get you, get you set in that family. And listen, when it comes to family, we, we, we need God. And we need each other. So let's engage with that. Let me pray. Father, thank you for not leaving us separated as strangers with no hope. You made a way, Jesus, for us to be brought near, for us to be accepted, known, and to be made new through you. You've called us to family, and I'm asking you, I'm asking you today to, to make that just a, a tangible reality that you help us Engage as this family you're calling us to. Where we work through life together, we walk through life together, we, we walk through reconciled with you and reconciled with each other, and, and we, can, we can see you provide for the needs and the full provision of God in, in this, this family that you call church, this body that you call the church. And I thank you. I thank you that you are the perfect head. I'm asking you today to provide. Provide today for connection in this family. Provide leaders. And provide the willingness to engage so that we can walk in that blessing and in everything we do, in everything we do, we give thanks to you, Jesus because it's only through you that this gets accomplished. We love you and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. 
We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at